The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond. 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 What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Mount, episode 301. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside He Only Does Everything, Colin Moriarty. Uh, uh, the Dark Knight of News, Andrew Goldfarb. Hey. And our Australian biscuit, Panda Musk. G'day. Hey, how are you? Well, thank you. Good. Thanks for coming. You're here still from Beyond 300. Clearly topic of the week. It's episode 301. Podcast mm-hmm. Beyond 300 was just days ago. Did it mm-hmm. on Friday, live. 400 people here in the office. Fun. Still hungover. Still hung over <laughs> Andrew Goldfarb. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was awesome. I mean, uh, it was absolutely insane how many people came out, and we drank with all of them for a long time, and my liver function is to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't drink anything the entire weekend. Wow. That's not we true. didn't come out on Saturday. I saw, right? I saw you drinking bourbon. Oh, no. At Ristorante Umbria. Oh, that's true. Thursday night. Yeah. So that's not the weekend. Thirsty See, Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> the weekend. Lying to our fans. Lying to our friends. That's a good point. Um, yeah, we're just uh, sitting across from Panda Musk, the very tall, nondescript panda. Panda Musk, how was it coming all the way from Australia for this? Uh, what, is it in the flight or the actual experience itself? W- was it worth it? Talk to <laughs> me a little. We can't tell if we did good. Well, like I say, it was uh, very different because, like, uh, in, uh, was it 200? I, I, I didn't attend at all, so I didn't really know... Um, what the video was going to be like and what the feel of the room was like. You can watch the videos, but it's not really the same yeah. as being inside the room and seeing kind of everyone's reactions and feeling kind of the wave of heat, you know, the heat. The people. And body heat of the people. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of body heat in that room. <laughs> also, it was really cool to meet like Shu and uh, C. Troy and, and the guys yeah. from 24 Frame. Yeah, of course, if you missed it, Podcast Beyond 300 was live-streamed. It's now an archived article. It's, of course, a two-hour audio podcast as well if you want to get a part of that. Uh, Panda Musk animated the video there at the very end. The music song there from Danny Weissner. Go so beyond. Good. Danny Weissner. Weissner. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's also, I, I didn't point this out on the show. There's a lot of things I meant to point out on the show, but kind of got away from me. Everyone who came to that, Shuhei Yoshida, Troy oh, yes. Baker, uh, Dave Fanoi, all these you know people and these developers that came up, David Ballard, these people all paid their own way. I want to make sure that's clear. You know, For Up at Noon, we pay to bring people in. You know, we, we get their flights and stuff, and we do all this stuff. All these people, there was no budget for Podcast Beyond, as evident by just kegs lying around <laughs> Pizzas everywhere. We want to make sure that we thank them for coming and that they, you know, they. Uh, the one thing that was interesting about it is that for some of those people, I think like like a Dave Fenoy or whatever, you know, they knew me through up at noon and a few other things. I don't know how much they knew about Beyond, and 
all of them, like I said, paid their own way to come up here. And then afterwards, we're like, I can't believe the community you guys have and what you've built. And even Shu, I mean, he flew all the way from London, right? And like, he did that on his own dime, or maybe Sony's dime, but he, all the same. <laughs> His own time is everything else. And I mean, like, everybody was blown away by how awesome you guys all were. And I think that was, you know, was a testament a rough, yeah. to the, all I, of you. I think it really proved how insanely strong this community is. Because, I mean, when you looked up, especially from our angle, and you made that awesome Instagram video that kind of showed from the front of the room, like, it was crazy how many people were there and how tightly packed. Like, we have um, that, that lunchroom where, where we hosted that event is where we have the IGN all-hands meetings, which is when we have a company-wide meeting. And I've never seen it this insanely full, even then. Like, that was the, the most full I've ever seen that room. Also, sorry about that. <laughs> I, uh, m- months ago, I told people, we're going to have the event there. We're going to have 400 people in the lunchroom. Everybody said, that's awesome. Great. No problem. And the day of, the people who were setting it up were like, I don't know if we can fit 400 people in here. I'm like, what? That's I, on you. I really don't think it was as pe- tightly packed as you're making it out to be, to p- be perfectly honest. Because, like, when you watch the videos of... Um, like Scrow playing or whatever beforehand where there's a yeah. lot of room in the back like everyone like yeah, packed forward course. it's just like being on the floor at a show and like everyone shoves forward but actually yeah. there's like plenty of room of course there. yeah if people had wanted to lean against the back wall it's it's not that there wasn't room in the physical space the point is that people were coming forward and were getting together because they wanted to see they wanted to see all the you know the reveal of, of course they wanted to the see stuff being given away yeah. they wanted to see Colin's gorgeous incredibly gorgeous face yeah so hot. I think in general though most of the fans are pretty happy regardless of how tight it was because yeah. uh, in general everyone's very courteous and we had an email today that was a thank you letter to everybody who was involved and talking about it. And they said that, you know, they first off, they I guess there's people talking in the back, like in the kitchen area. I didn't yeah. know that. You, you should have said something. Eventually, I heard somebody did say something. I was like, hey, shut the fuck up. And so, but obviously, we would have corrected that situation too. And that I know that it was harder to see back there, hear things back there. Uh, you know, obviously, for beyond 400, we'll have to get a stadium. But... It, they said in their email that even though you know there was these little problems here and there, that the experience afterwards and hanging out with everybody and getting to get stuff and meet stuff and autographs and you know go out to Pete's afterwards, that it all took care of itself and it was awesome. Yeah, and I, I again, there there were so many people there, and I really wish there had been more time to talk to every single person because there are some people I feel like I spent a lot of time with, and then there are other people who it's like I really would like to talk to you more. Yeah, I mean the one thing I tried to do beforehand was. Uh, I walked down the line when people were waiting. They were waiting all in front of the building and right. then wrapped all the way around to the next block. So many poor sunburnt um, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm so uh, sorry about that. And, uh, yeah. And I, you know, I, I, one guy was saying how it was really, you know, put on Facebook that it was really cool that I took the time, thanked every, each and every person for coming and where they're from and talked to them, took pictures and yeah. whatever. Yeah. And I was like, that seemed kind of natural to me. I mean, like, we, we were doing this for, for you guys, not for us. So, like, you know, it was as important for us. You know, we wanted to meet you all, of course, but we also wanted you all to meet each other. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And um, a nice little cross section of 400 people of, of you know, it's a pretty microscopic section of our of our overall listenership or whatever. But I would say the most hardcore and most passionate 400 people. And uh, yep. Um, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I I, I really had a great time. Um, oh, didn't yeah, really fantastic. eat didn't really eat that day. Uh, didn't either. drink <laughs> because didn't drink great. because I was just gonna pass out if I did. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm glad that we, you know, we got to, you know, you know, accommodate everyone's picture requests, and and I did a few videos for people that couldn't be there. And, right. Oh, and, that's what's so know. cool. It's like, I mean, you say people meeting each other. Like, first of all, so many tweets from people like, I met my new best friends this weekend, which is like so awesome to see. And it's something Greg emphasizes all the time. People kept coming up and being like, "Thank you, thank you for doing this." But it's like, dude, like, thank you guys for coming mm-hmm. because holy crap, is that what makes this job awesome and feel good? Is that there are people who care enough about what we have to say to care and come you know and to fly across the country to fly internationally you know panda musk's in here from australia Oish. 
Jesus. Was that the furthest away, was it? Um, <laughs> we had some folks from yeah. Japan, Australia, obviously all corners of the States and Canada, and then Europe. Someone came from Nova Scotia, which Ireland, I Ireland, we had a good Ireland. Yeah, I, yeah Ireland. Yeah. That's in Europe. Um, you, you know, you mentioned not eating all day, so I didn't eat. And then after after the whole night was over, um, we were coming, so we took everybody to Pete's local San Francisco bar, and it's San Francisco, so the last call was like stupidly early, which was dumb. Uh, but as we were leaving the bar, uh, Panda needed to come be let into the office to get his computer or whatever that he had left here. Um, so I bring him up, and we were like, oh, I wonder if there's still pizza left from beyond. Uh, and we come to the lunchroom, and it's gone, but one of our uh, cleaning crew was still there. And so we were like, do you know where the pizza is? And it turns out it was in the trash. And so Panda and I ate some pizza out of the trash. Oh, good. Now, if you you would have flashed back about like 15 minutes before, Anthony Gaius and I had come upstairs <laughs> looking for pizza too. We found one in the fridge, and then the cleaning lady noticed what we were doing and walked us back to like where she keeps all the cleaning supplies and had a stack of pizzas yeah, that yeah. she was clearly saving for too. herself. Well, and we're like, yeah. no, 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 that's fine. Sorry. No, we'll get, we can go get pizza at Irving. I mean, she didn't speak any English. So we were trying to explain what we were looking for, and she, she kind of looked confused for a while because we were obviously saying like bin pizza we were looking yeah. for garbage pizza we're looking for the garbage pizza <laughs> basically <laughs> what happened all the and then after we were eating that she brings out these clean pizzas like why don't you just eat this <laughs> yeah yeah it was in the box the I, it was, was in the box it was like four hours old yeah. I don't think we were that gross That's fine. there was roaches we did, all we did over actually, there was roaches yeah, all over it it was face down <laughs> in the dust in the bathroom garbage oh gosh um, and, and one more thing that I thought was pretty cool. I, I, every once in a while, I go on iTunes to see how like we're doing in terms of popularity. We're always in like the top ten in video game podcasts sure. on iTunes in the world. Um, sometimes we're number one, but you know we fall around and there's a lot, you know, some some stiff competition. But we were we were number one uh, this weekend. So uh, podcast beyond three hundred uh, catapulted us back to the top of iTunes. Hopefully, we can stay there for a while. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you again to everyone that came and everyone that streamed and listened and all those kinds of things. We were happy to uh, accommodate you know everyone in any way we could have um and you know in a, you know two years a little less than that we'll do 400 and uh yeah some people bigger. started saying they wanted to do like especially because this is what you were talking about right andrew that you know that people have met their new best friends here and like that's the fun part about like all the names we recognize when you're going through emails or when we're talking to people on twitter to see them all now following each other and having conversations with each other and there was a group yesterday trying to get beat the drum for doing it every 50 episodes because usually what we've done in the past is the 50s are video podcasts where we Live call shows. you and you get to call in <laughs> And then the the OOs episodes are these live events or whatever, and they were pushing that we should start doing the 50s as live events too. I don't want to do that. Yeah, it would water to... down the experience. Yeah, I understand I that two years is a long time to wait, but if we did it once a year, everybody would be like, well, I, I'm not going to catch it this year, but next year. Yes. Mm-hmm. 400 I, so I, will be the next giant live event, other I, than our usual New York yeah, Comic Con. Yeah, Greg and I will still be – you know, some people are asking, like, coming to New York Comic Con, Greg and I are going to do podcasts beyond a Comic Con. Uh, and that's a, that's a, tra- a tradition. Now. Yeah. So we've done it three years, I think, now. So. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, – so I'm saying Goldfarb should take a vacation and come out anyway. Uh, and if not, if he doesn't do it, then vice versa. He can go actually work, and I'll come. I, I do love New York. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I I um I don't know. It's uh, I agree. Like I mean, obviously, it would be awesome to do it every fifty episodes to see these people because we don't see sure. them very often sure. either. But I I completely agree. I think uh, number one, it would make it a little less of of like a rare event. Yeah. Um, it, and I think part of what makes it interesting is that in two years, so much changes. Like I was at two hundred as a fan and three hundred as an employee. Like who knows where people will be two years from now, you right. know, and I think that's part of what makes it kind of interesting and exciting. Yeah. Good jobs, everybody. Fun times. Everybody Panda watch Panda's video. I'll embed it in this uh, podcast as well. Oh, it's so good. It really is so, so, so good. So, and watch the Rewind Theater if you're really nerdy and want to, like, I a 45-minute breakdown of it. No, but it was, like, it was really <laughs> cool, actually, because I missed, like, 
almost all of like I mean we, not all of them, but I mean like I feel like I probably missed like half the references in there. Yeah, there's a couple we actually forgot to talk about, including people I work with every single day and didn't recognize their anima- animated faces because they're badly drawn. No, because, <laughs> no, 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 they no, were very panda. well drawn. It's just the tears in my eyes were blocking oh, all of right. these. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Because we went over some of the big stuff, uh, uh, 300, there are only six items on the list. Uh, yeah, again, it's only been one work day <laughs> since we did a podcast. There is a weekend, though. Uh, number one, Mark Cerny, famous game developer and the lead architect of the PlayStation 4, revealed that there was a prototype version of the DualShock 4 that measured a person's sweat while playing. Yeah. This was something that was abandoned when during the, the development of the, con- of the controller. Thank God. It sounds stupid and something that would make it more expensive. Yep, for sure. <laughs> uh, number two, Diablo 3 won't be a PlayStation 4 launch title. In fact, it won't come to PS4 until 2014. This is important to note because Diablo 3 on PlayStation 3 will launch this September and also on 360. This Diablo. has been, I mean, we were talking about this a month or two ago. This has been so backwards and confusing because, so Diablo, unless I'm mistaken, I believe the chain of events is that Diablo 3 was announced for PS4 on the February 21st event. And then quietly in the press release, they were like, it's also going to come to PS3. But in the time since then, the messaging is completely reversed. They have only talked about the PS3 version. We've seen the interface. We've seen all this stuff. And they've been, like, very, very quiet about PS4. And so it's really interesting that, like, obviously the plan was to launch on PS3 and then eventually transition to PS4. Um, I, I just find it so interesting that they chose the PS4 event to make that announcement. Excuse me, I'm yawning. I'm tired. That's how, that's how you feel about Diablo. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember when Clements would be like, Diablo is not coming up console i'm like yeah it is it most certainly is going to come to console. And we talked about the wolf pack now the wolf pack lives uh, number three everybody else in the wolf pack quit ign <laughs> <Easy dubs>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a survey of european developers conducted before gdc europe indicates that 13 percent of developers are polled are working on ps4 games actively nine mm. percent are working on xbox one games and five percent are working on wii u games 23 percent intend on developing for ps4 14% for Xbox One, 7% for Wii U. 66% are working on or plan on working on a mobile game. 53% are or plan on working on a PC game. Wow. I thought those were interesting. And sense. 9 out of 10, Dennis recommend Trident. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. Dishonored's final piece of DLC has been dated. It will be released worldwide on all platforms on August 13th, with the exception of PS3 in Europe, which we'll get it the next day on August 14th. The DLC is called The Brigmore Witches and will cost $9.99 or your local equivalent. And That's whatever, and whatever mysterious yep. coins you use to buy things. That's the last of the three, um, and, and the second part of like Dowd's story. Oh, okay. I still have to go back and actually work my way through that game. No, you, you don't have to. No, I probably uh, that was, I mean, I, I still say that's probably my game of the year. Well, that's not true. I, I, at this point, Persona 4, Persona 4 Golden is my game of the year 2012, but um, at the time, that was what I voted for, Dishonored for game of the year 2012. Mm-hmm. Number five. Sony has revealed this year's PlayStation Store Play, in all capital letters, of course. Promotional deal. Of course. <laughs> which allows players to pre-order four upcoming PSN games. They've done this for two years now, so this will be the third year. Is their response to Summer of Arcade, pretty much? Yeah. Um, PlayStation Plus subscribers get a 20% discount on all the games, and the more you pre-order, the more money you get back in your wallet. So again, they, they did this over the last couple of years. The games are Stealth Inc., which is PS3 and Vita. It used to be called Stealth Bastard. I don't know why they changed the name. Uh, I do. It's harder to market Bastard. <laughs> it's just, I bet you would have sold better if it was sure. called Stealth Bastard. Uh, on July 23rd, Cloudberry Kingdom comes to PSN on July 30th. What is Cloudberry Kingdom? I think it's a side-scrolling action game. Isn't it? Okay. Uh, Ibn Ab, 
Yeah, the co-op adventure. Go get Marty. Marty, Marty, Marty and Greg, so the only people to finish so it at GDC. That's why we <laughs> so are the Ibanov masters. So, I, I just so want to tell the story that after GDC, Greg and Marty are drunkenly eating pizza the next day, and they're like, we're going to do an Ibanov video every single day of us doing stuff around the office together and to call it Ibanov. Psyched up for it, yeah. None of this has happened. Well, yeah, no. Because and I like that you why would we do that? I like that you're like drunkenly. This was at an IGN lunch on like a Monday at Amici's. Yeah, Ibanov's the sixth. Um, and the most important game of all, DuckTales Remastered, uh, comes to PSN on August 13th. I will be reviewing it. Ooh. Uh, pre-order two of those and get $3 back. Pre-order three of them, get $6 back. Pre-order all of them, get $10 back. What are the three this is only names? for This is only for PSN. What are the three duck names? I have no idea. I don't remember. You're this. not ready to review this game. Yeah, I'm not ready to review it. I'm, <laughs> I'm just like the fucking master at DuckTales on NES, but you're right. I'm not I'm Hey, not I'm ready just saying, if you don't know it, Huey, Dewey, Huey, Dewey, Louie, Louie, yeah, 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 you get the hell out of my fucking sight, Moriarty. <laughs> I'll, I'll put an NES controller. Wait, what was the? What, wasn't it. there like a girl duck? Too? There was. Uh, Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number six. The newest PlayStation Plus perks in North America are as follows. Uh, beginning today, July sixteenth, Jet Set Radio is free for PSN, not the Vita version. Uh, Datora, Sorcery, Carnival Island, and Draw Slash are all twenty percent off. It's worth noting that Sorcery is now five dollars, <laughs> which is totally worth it if you yeah. have a PlayStation Move controller. That game is absolutely worth five dollars. It's worth much more than five dollars. Um, Datora. Should have been cool, but wasn't. Carnival Island. You we liked Totoro, right? I thought though. I gave it like a six something. It was like weird. It's very cool. Yeah. And the idea of it, it's very, very. These are the guys that did Linger in Shadows. They're called Plastic. They're a Polish developer. Uh, Carnival Island. We played once. Remember? Yeah, oh yeah. It's like that a was kids enough. game. That was uh, enough for us. It's and draw, movie. draw Slasher is like a moderately popular iOS game that's coming to Vita. So it's Carnival Island, like Journey, where you play through it once and you just don't want to play it again. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> that was my story. That was my <laughs> Carnival Island story. Colin came out after beating Carnival Island, and he had tears in his eyes. He, <laughs> different reasons. Different reasons why, though. It's the end of the news. That's it. You left off number seven, the most important one, but luckily Angelo is here to keep us honest. Beyond! Beyond. Beyond. Hey, guys. Angelo here. Huge fan of the show, and congrats on 300. I wanted to wish Colin a happy sixth anniversary at IGN. Oh, thank you. Thank this you. is it. Today is today's your, your day. Yeah, July 16th. Oh, my gosh. Look it's at that. Cake. What a big day. Colin so, doesn't like anything. No, don't, <laughs> don't give me cake and don't look at me. All we're doing is trying to get him out of the office earlier so he can go be alone, <laughs> which is all he wanted for a gift. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just sit in my room and watch TV. Angelo nope, asks, nope. what has happened in the last six years that will become the highlight of your time at IGN? Beyond 300, of course, is included. Love you guys, Beyond. Cheers to another six years, Colin. Thank you. Um, I'll probably be dead in six more years. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> there's a too many highlights to name. Give, um, give, give me your top six. Top meeting, six highlights? You got, it's for your six years, you get six calls. I don't know. Is it meeting me? Meeting me? Meeting Goldfarb is definitely one of the yeah. top six moments. Um, I don't know. I think just like more systemically, like being able to do this for a living is kind of cool. Sometimes we get caught in the weeds and we get upset about things. and Like our and, podcast room not working? Yeah, ever. <laughs> ever. Nothing ever works. Uh, and it's easy to like, you know, the normal workplace things that I think everyone suffers from. Sure. You know? uh, but like when you put everything in perspective, you kind of look at what you're doing and what you're getting paid to do. Um, it's a it's a blessing to be able to, to spend your totally. 20s doing this. Um, and I remember when I was offered my job uh, in June of 2007, um, they were like, yeah, you can start in like, you know, August and get your – I was living in Boston at the time. Get your shit together. I'm like, no, I'll be there July 13th, which was like a Friday, <laughs> I think. And then I like moved into my place and on the 16th was a Monday I started. So, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's been a blessing. It's a well-known story, but you started on the same day as uh, Ryan Geddes, Ryan Clements. Mm-hmm. What do you think that Ryan Clements kid showing up in a suit? Yeah, he showed up in a suit. <laughs> yeah, Ryan. Geddes, yeah, we had like we had like a uh, I don't know. We were owned by Fox at the time, so we had a uh, 
like a binder, a fox binder, fox fax it was called. Fim. And uh, they they sent us up into like a room for orientation and Clements was like really late. And uh, he was wearing a suit, and Geddes and I were just in like t-shirts. <laughs> um, no, it was fun. It was it was funny. Yeah, it seems like longer ago than six years. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Okay. For oh yeah, we already we're through the Roper report already. Then you read the email, yeah. so I'm actually behind a little bit. It's okay. Yeah. Don't worry. But I understand being beyond. Let our good friend Andrew Goldfarb catch you up with what games you could walk into a store and buy right now. Via. The official IGN list of upcoming PlayStation software on all three platforms by the IGN editors. There are people are so mad at me. By the way, like four different people came up to me and they were like, "Why the fuck can't you get that right?" I'm so sorry. Everyone came up to me and was like, "We're sorry, you're mildly handicapped and can't say Andrew Goldfarb." Keep talking. I have to look something up. Hey, I took Greg. a sip of coffee. I got my Dave Fenoy mug back. Oh, you did. It's great. I got a new Dave I, Fenoy I finally met Dave Fenoy. I still haven't met Veronica Belmont or Troy Baker. How did you not do What? Like How did you post. not do that? I was not. Dude, so I had to interview Mark Witten about Xbox stuff. I was, I was in that. I was, I was kissing, in that meeting. Kissing your pretty head. We did an AMA. We did an AMA. That um, was fun. Thanks for already coming out to do that with us. That's true. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, that, and that was why like, God, I felt really bad that I couldn't come down to the line, too. I was transcribing that interview. Um, but I saw some people during the show. Yeah. I was down there. I was talking to people in line. And then there was a shooting, so we brought the line indoors at one yeah, point. Yeah, that was Not in our yeah. line. There was a shooting a few, many, was, many blocks like, away. Yeah, all the way across okay. town. Okay. Yeah. Everybody's a big baby about guns. Like, yeah. Oh, everybody get inside. Someone's got a gun outside. I kept saying that. I would, I would get them. Call me out there and get them? Shut off? Gonna, just running through the streets? Yeah, just running down. Take my shirt off. Yeah. little premium rush show, action on show, a bike. Show you, some, <laughs> show you some of my guns. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, that can mean anything you want it to mean, by the way. Uh, on PSN... Well, first of all, retail, Dynasty Warriors 8, which I'm sure you're all fucking thrilled about, it's, is coming out. You know, it's one of those things where I thought 7 was a bit of a sidestep for the series, yeah, but now yeah. that 8's here, man, just yeah. right back on track I love, with the, some what people the really, 5 was. Some people really love that series, more power to you, and like some people were like, that nuance in 8 is yeah. so different. I was like, whatever, whatever you say. Whatever. I mean, that's what's uh, interesting about Panda Musk is that he has a Dynasty Warriors tattoo on his face, mm-hmm. and so you must be really excited. Oh, a huge fan. <laughs> I, pl- I, I played a few of them, and I reviewed one of them, and I'm like, what? Is this? Like, what <laughs> is this? Here's a giant area. Go kill everything. See like, you. It's back, not even hard. Done. That's the yeah. thing. It's like there's yeah. no challenge. It's not even hard. That's the the problem that like it's bothers me. It's just like, it's just horrifyingly boring. Uh, oh, but man. maybe Dynasty Warriors Eight is different. I didn't this, play. This it. is the one. It's the reboot. This is the open world Dynasty Warriors game. <laughs> uh, so that's out at retail and on PSN. Dead Island Game of the Year is out on PSN and retail. Um, Time and Eternity, which is apparently really bad, um, is uh, out on uh, retail and PSN. I think we gave it the highest score it has on Metacritic, which I think is a 5.3. Ooh, wow. that's true. Um, so, uh, yep, that's fun. Uh, <laughs> on, on PSN, Alien Spidey. Uh, Alien is, Spidey, uh, like yep. a Spider-Man game? It's not a Spider-Man game, apparently. Joel Speederman? Joel Speederman. Uh, Mamoroken Curse. I'm a big fan. Uh, R.I.P.D. Or is it Ripped? R.I.P.D. It's R.I.P.D. There's no, a game ripped. for it's R.I.P.D. R.I.P.D. Is, that, yeah. is that based on the movie or the comic book that the it's called RIPD The Game. It's hopefully not based on the movie because that movie looks like trash. It's got to be based on the movie, guarantee. Atlas Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, Ryan yeah. In a, tra- in a trash movie? Well, I mean, like, I actually like Ryan Reynolds. Um, that movie looks like a really shitty Men in Black ripoff. This is like Supernatural Men in Black. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sean White Skateboarding is out digitally. Yes. Turbo Super Stunt Squad. Voodoo Chronicles The First Time, which I think is an adventure game. Who do you voodoo, bitch? Uh, for Vita, Doodle God and Kung Fu Rabbit. Are out. PS2 Classic, this is a good one. Capcom versus SNK2. Uh, yeah. um, and demo for Alien Spidey. That's it. Nice. Now, I'm going to try that Alien Spidey game. I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, Capcom SNK2. Do they just mean the symbiote? Huh? They just mean the symbiote? 
Apparently, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what they mean, I bet. Um, Panda, what do you got to say for yourself? Uh, what do you mean? Nothing. I got nothing to say. I just want to thank every uh, all the fans, actually, from um, 300 we managed to run into and, and meet. Yeah. Um, as well as just seeing... The Why did you run into them? Well, because you kept pointing me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Panda Musk, he keeps a low profile, if you don't know. That's why, if you're watching... Do you watching, really not like be, being pointed uh, out? It's just not important. They all had to sign an NDA after they saw him. Yeah, they did. <laughs> it's funny, because when you watch some of the videos that are posted from 300, I see you on them. Yeah. And then I'm like, just nobody knows that's him, though. Yep. Yeah, nobody like knows. Means, yeah. There's actually a... Yeah, I saw a picture where you were quite prominently featured. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get over it. It'll be yeah. Whatever. Let's see what other people are saying. How about that? Let's do it. Um, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Okay. This one comes from Charlie Gadsden. Okay. I've been looking around on the IGN website and Twitter feeds, but I haven't seen anything or any kind of announcement for an IGN meet and greet in San Diego this weekend. Did I miss something? Or will there be no meet and greet this year? Charlie, there's no official IGN meet and greet at Comic-Con this year. As you know, Beyond 300 was last week, Friday. And so not, not even a week later now, they're shipping Damon. Steve Butts, Marty, and myself off to Comic-Con. And there's so much stuff happening at night this year, there's really no time to fit in a meet and greet. However, you can come see me at several things. First off, if you're at home, ladies and gentlemen, please watch IGN Live from Comic-Con. If you know that live show we do for E3, we're doing it for Comic-Con for the first time ever. That's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, 1 to 5 Pacific Standard Time, which is 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Great Greenwich Mean Time. I was going to say Great Mountain Time, but that's not a real thing. The Great Mountain Time. <laughs> the Great Mountain of England, Colin. Because <laughs> it stands on it. And then uh, I'm hosting a few panels you can come see me at. Uh, I'm hosting the South Park Stick of Truth panel Thursday at 6 p.m. Uh, the Splinter Cell Blacklist panel Friday at 5 p.m. Then The Walking Dead, the game panel with Robert Kirkman Saturday at 4 p.m. Also, I'm going to be going. I'll be going to a meet and greet for We're Alive, that zombie drama I like so much, Friday, 8 o'clock. This is all on my blog. So if you find the Greggy-IGN blog. You can use the app. Use the Greggy-IGN no. app. When we moved to WordPress, that broke. Oh, I'm like most kidding. things at IGN. Hey, Colin. Mm. Maybe I'll come sleep in Greg's bed while he's at Comic-Con. With Christine? Mm. Maybe Christine <laughs> wouldn't like that. I bet she'd be fine. She's going to play Guild Wars the whole time, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Let's get to our real question. It comes from Virgil. Hey. Oh, wait. By, by the way, real quick. real quick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're interrupting Virgil. Uh, it was funny. when I, I was. My mom and her boyfriend stayed with us for a few days. Yeah. And they made us sauce and things. It was delicious. And then my mom was sleeping. You know, I, I gave them my room, so I slept on the couch, and I was like bitching about it. Yeah. And Christine's like, "Well, I guess you can come sleep with Greg and I." And I'm like, "I don't like you want me to just snuggle up with Greg while you're just sleeping there in the bed with you." <laughs> we I'm like, I wouldn't you. be surprised. We love you. You're, you're like, you're like our, you know, our down on his luck uh, college age son didn't get out of school, <laughs> got graduated with a degree and nothing, just sleeping out in the living room yeah. playing games all day. We want to take care of you. Virgil writes in and says, hey, Beyond Crew. Hello. I'm one online trophy away from getting the platinum for The Last of Us, and a question popped into my head. What the heck? No. Why the heck are there so many trophies on beating the game on different difficulties with addition to New Game Plus? It just seems unnecessary. They need... The need, I'm sorry, this is all jumbled. The need to play through three times to get all single-player achievements kills the experience of what made the game so great. As a trophy horror talking to trophy horrors, what do you think of this? I totally disagree. I think it's awesome. I think hard platinums are rad, first of all. And I think, honestly, like, for, like I want to go back and play that game multiple times. And I think that is a platinum that if I ever go for, which I sincerely doubt I, in any world I will. But if I were to, I kind of like the idea that it would take me like a year and a half to get that platinum. Because it'll be like every few months when I revisit it, I'll try a harder difficulty. And sure. slowly work my way through doing it. I, I think that's awesome. I think that is a cooler approach to trophies that keep you playing a game for a very long time rather than like, oh man, I did it in a weekend and now I'm just going to keep it on my shelf forever or trade it in or something dumb. 
for me, it comes back to an argument we talk, or not even an argument, but a conversation we have all the time of what are the point of trophies? What you know, should every game be platinumable? Should it be easy to platinum and stuff? For me, it's a it's a big turnoff. I don't I don't like playing games over and over again, right? Like I don't like watching movies over and over again. And once I hear the story, see the story, I'm kind of done most of the time. And that's what I think works well about the Uncharted games. Usually, I mean, you have to play them again and again. But for like to get certain kills, you can chapter select and do certain yeah. things. Um, and but for Last of Us, like I said, playing Last of Us, it wasn't about trophies. And so I'm thinking about restarting a playthrough. I, I think I've stewed on it long enough that I'm ready to do another playthrough. But it's not about getting any trophies for me. It's just about well, let's see, you know, how yeah. different this new. You know, everybody keeps talking about survivor difficulty, right? And let's actually see what it's like to be able to do that. Yeah. So I'm not offended by it, but I, it's not a platinum I have any interest in going after. And I think number one reason why is because the game's so much more than trophies. Number two reason why is yeah, this is a lot of work that I, I, don't, I barely have free time to play games in general, let alone do this. Yeah. Colin, sure. you're 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 going to platinum the last of us. Yeah, one day. Um, You've got all the online ones out. Of yeah, the, the online like, ones are the yeah. hardest ones, and I and I got those out of out of the way. You, the, both, uh, are, you finished both campaigns? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think those are what will prevent me from ever getting it. Is the multiplayer stuff more so? Like that it is took more forty hours. But and that's what I mean. Like that to me is way more troublesome than the playing through multiple times on multiple difficulties thing. Because like yeah, that game is really hard, and and the difficulty stuff will be hard. But you can always do that. Whereas like who knows how long the multiplayer community will last? And it seems like it's really robust and awesome. So hopefully it a is. very it long is. time. I, I so I'm of like many minds with this because this is a bastard of a trophy list. Like this is <laughs> yeah. this trophy list is really hard. It doesn't mm-hmm. look hard because you can do it. Like it's not one of those things where I don't know if I can but it's accomplish time, this specific thing. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's very time. But like at the same time, time like i'm happy that the trophies for the online campaign were there where i was like i wouldn't have played it for 40 hours if it was if they weren't there to be perfectly honest with you so and i enjoyed that time i actually had a lot of fun with it um and uh i just think that they could have found a better middle ground where it was like you know get through this specific area like get through all of philadelphia without killing any clickers you know something like that like Something a little more thoughtful than, like, beat the game on normal, beat the game on normal plus, beat the game on hard, beat the game on hard plus. Like, it's like, all right. You know, like, I, yeah. those are the only ones I have, like, no, I have a problem with. Like, I don't have a problem with, like, find all the Firefly collectibles, find all the letters. Like, that's totally fine. I just feel like this wasn't super thoughtful. You know, like, mm-hmm. their, their trophy lists are actually somewhat thoughtful. Like, if you think about Drake's Deceptions trophy list, like, there was, like, really fun ones where, like, you had to kill those guys with the fish and... And yeah, like yeah, but the Marco I see, Polo it's funny one, that you yeah, say like, that. I, I overall, I don't find the Uncharted ones to be that clever, right? Because it's just fifty kills with the Glock, fifty kills with some players, of the yeah. A lot of those are like that, which I agree. But like, the, I think that they were more than among thieves, like working in like some some other nah, tro- and yeah, yeah. Like, I I don't like like I, if I was doing the Uncharted list, like it would be like one like a bronze for every chapter, and uh, you know all the collectibles, obviously, and some kills and stuff like that. I don't know. I just yeah. think that like there are more like there are some thoughtful trophy lists and there aren't. Like I'm playing Tales of Zillia now, I can't talk about it, but that has like an interesting trophy list. And Dragon's Crown, which I also can't talk about, has a really, I think, good trophy list. And yeah. I think people are gonna be really down with that. And we might reveal it exclusively, I don't know yet. And speaking of The Last of Us, we might have some very exciting things for The Last of Us multiplayer coming up. In the oh. next week. I do think um it's very it's a very old school approach to trophies because old when even like when achievements first started, even like the difficulties didn't stack. So you'd have to beat a game on hard and then play through it on medium and then play through it on easy, which was like really, really stupid. Um, or if this is almost the opposite of that, like this is now, if you play it on normal, you kind of have to go back and play again on New Game Plus and then play Survivor again after that, which is like, yeah, I mean, it makes you play it it's multiple times. It's kind of overkill. I think what I'm saying is, this is a game I plan to play multiple times anyway over the next few years, I would think. Or, I mean, like, not that I know, but I mean, like, that yeah. would be the, the goal, and so, like, that is something where maybe that would be a goal I just spread out really far. This is not a platinum that you're really meant to get in a very short amount of time. No, some people have, and that's cool, but I, yeah. I just think, you know, there's going to be DLC for the game, and 
you know, yeah. there'll be reasons to go back to it. So I think that, um, yeah, I think I'm just going to wait. Like I started playing through it again. I beat it like long before it came out and then I haven't beaten it again since then. So yeah. my, my new, my second playthrough, which I've like barely started, I, I haven't revisited for a while, but the, the goal with it is more to find maybe some of the stuff in the environment I missed and some of the, I didn't get all the collectibles and stuff. So I would even, maybe even with a guide, go through and make sure I'm not missing anything just because I, I think the enriched story there is really cool. I can't believe that, by the way, just based on the way I played that game, I can't believe I missed fucking anything. And like, I, I went through chapter select, which only unlocks after you beat the game. And like, in, in terms of like giving you the minutiae of what you missed and so on, I missed like all sorts of shit. Yeah. yeah. It's that, that was the crazy like, thing for me shit. too. It was like, yeah, I felt like I was going off the beaten path. Like, mm-hmm. I'd walk a little bit further and be like, all right, this is the main way to go. So go back and work my way around every room, try to find everything. Like, yeah. yeah. There's so many collectibles. It's amazing too, because even in rooms where I was like, oh man, like, I can't believe I found this random corner and there's a drawer to open. And like, even if there was nothing in it, I was just like, man, I'm exploring so thoroughly. But dude, I didn't even come close. Like, I, there were so many collectibles I didn't get. I missed a shiv door. I don't know how I did that. Like that was when I was, I was really surprised by that. I missed one of them, and I was like, "Wow, I don't even know how I did that." Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. so thorough, but just goes to show you, yep. still a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Best game of the year. Speaking of how uh, fantastic uh, uh, uh. The Last of Us is, David writes in and says, "Hey, Beyond Crew, hello. Does hello. Greg still stand by the perfect Uncharted three score? Now that we have the hindsight." of The Last of Us, uh, to benchmark it against. No game is perfect, of course, and this is not a criticism of IGN's scoring methods at all, but just a question that's been on my mind. I'd be very interested to hear your opinion. Beyond! Beyond. David. David, yeah, I still stand by my perfect... I mean, like, I, I went through and I printed off... Uh, first off, I always stand by the Uncharted 310. Yeah. Love Uncharted 310. It's... Uh, Uncharted 310. <laughs> it's still the reason I, I, I... You know, I said that's the reason I play games, right? Like, in my review, and it's still... That's still totally the case. I love Uncharted 3. It's a great ride. But if you read how IGN describes the 10, it is, quote, the pinnacle of gaming, a masterpiece that may not be flawless, but is so exceptional that it is hard to imagine a game being better. Yeah. Uh, at the time of its release, this game is not just the best the system can offer, but better than we could have expected. I think that both, yes, Uncharted 3 fits fits that description and yes the last of us fits that description yeah i now, read that description a million times if you're putting them head to head i think last of us is probably overall a better game as far as collectible storytelling acting yep. performance stuff like that but i still think uncharted 3 is a 10 because i think that this is what i liked about when we were on a 20 point scale for reviews is that you could lump games together as these are 8.5 games and then have a discussion about why what is the, is this is this a better 8.5 than this is and now we get to this minutia of well this game's an 8.7 and that game's an 8.6 so there's clearly a difference there whereas once you get to 10 these games are awesome. They're masterpieces. They're amazing. That's what these are. We haven't given many games tens. No. I was looking at the list. We have like you know on IGN's wiki or whatever. There's like a list and like a, there's like a lot of bullshit on there in terms of like some mobile games and like Craig Harris Game Boy game. Game Boy games. <laughs> but like when you really get down to like the meat of the games that we've given like the games that are actually meaningful that we've given tens to, there's like a dozen of them. So it's not like we we're handing these things out wantonly or whatever, you know. But I and I but I like a world where they exist. Me too. You know what I mean, like I Me like too. the they, fact you should explore the scale, and that yeah. that requires yep. going to you know not doesn't require, but it, it requires that the ten is just as valid as the one. You know, sure, yep. sure. I don't, think, I don't think you can compare uh, ten games that scored ten as well because you have to look at it in the context of the generation. All sure, the time it was yeah, released. at the time of its release, it's, that's yeah, such yeah, an important zeitgeist. Part of well, that's oh. what we always say about our review scores. Like we don't update, we don't go back and change review scores yeah, um, because those reviews are a snapshot in time, and so it's more like at at that time was the ten. Yeah, and I think in in most of those cases. I, I think I agree with a lot of our tens. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't agree with like our Metal Gear Solid Four ten at all. But you know, that was Jeff's score, and he and he felt that way. And as far as like Uncharted Three, which again, Greg and I played pretty extensively before it came out, and Greg was agonizing over what to give that game. And and 
I think it is a 10. Like, I don't, I know people really like Among Thieves better. Like, I don't get that. I think Uncharted 3 is, like, a much better game. I think they're all awesome games, but exactly. I think, like, when I, like, when I, when I think about playing Uncharted 3 for the first time, I remember, I remember when we got it, like, we went to Sony to get it, and we, we had the game, like, really early, and we played it, and we, we were, and I was like, this game is phenomenal. This is a phenomenal yeah. game, and I was like, easy to go back and nitpick the shit out of anything, but that game was awesome. I want more of that. Yeah. And if, it, and if Uncharted 4 is more of Uncharted 3 as opposed to Uncharted 2, like, whatever, like, that's gonna be awesome, you know, so. And I, I think you see that in The Last of Us, right? Like, we, your, your review talks about it when we talk about the game, no spoilers for Last of Us here, but that there are the young Drake moments, mm-hmm. things you did not see coming. You did not expect this to happen in The Last of Us, and now all of a sudden it is and you're in it. And I think that for me is always what I talk about when I talk about un- why I didn't like Uncharted 2 as much as I liked Uncharted 3. And I know, I, I always think it goes back to how much you played and loved Uncharted 1. I loved Uncharted 1. I thought Uncharted 1 was so great. And playing Uncharted 2, I didn't review Uncharted 2. Roper did. And so I got to play it and just have fun with it. And I felt it was a great game. Again, I love it. Fantastic. I don't argue or score about it. But Uncharted 2, I felt, was beat for beat Uncharted 1. Like, this guy's going to betray us, clearly. Okay, what's going to happen? Where's the supernatural twist? Okay. Whereas Uncharted 3 was, a t- here's a wrench in how everything works from what you know before. Like, that's is you know, let's just get, it's Nate and Sully, they're out doing this, this is their story, what's going to happen? And I love that. Yep. That was a, that was the re- refreshing pace I wanted. I totally agree with that, actually. I think Uncharted 3 plays with the formula in a, in a smarter way. And it also, like, has those moments, like, I mean, the moment I bring up all the time, you know, obviously now it's been a while, uh... You know, The Walking Dead came out, Last of Us came out, uh, Bioshock Infinite came out, and there have been these incredible story beats since then. But I remember uh, when Uncharted 3 came out, that just that quiet moment when, like, Elena is, like, on the phone and Drake right. finally comes in and just, like, falls asleep, like, yeah. puts his head down in her lap. is like, such a quiet, tender, incredible moment. And very, very few games can achieve something like that. Like, there are plenty of games where it's, like, there's a shocking death or there's a big twist. But, like, to have a moment like that and make you realize that you care enough about the characters that you were willing to watch a scene of them just like like being tender and, and loving each other like it is amazing and like I don't think for me as someone interested in narrative I don't think Uncharted 2 quite has that moment even though it is obviously a fantastic game I also think it's funny that a lot of the things people nitpick about 3 they're like oh well the shooting controls are really stupid like to me like I mean I never had a problem with them in Uncharted 2 but they're really the same to me as in Uncharted 2 like right. I, I never was bothered by the controls any more or less than I had been before sure exactly yeah, and uh, I also think that when you compare Lazarovich to to Marlow, it's like yeah. As far as like, um, and what was the other guy's name? Uh, the the Talbot. Talbot. Yeah, yeah. like Talbot and Marlow are much more interesting than than Lazarovich yeah. and that whole fucking thing. I mean, like, like yeah. if for the things that like when people, I don't know, like we talk about you know Uncharted Three, and I said that it was the reason I play games and how much I love it and stuff. I did overlook stuff that maybe like, and, and maybe in hindsight I should have nitpicked, right? Like. What was their plan once they got the thing that turned you crazy or whatever? But then again, it's like, well, what the fuck was Lazarovich's plan? He's drinking the sap and he's going to be just be like unkillable. It's an and it's action like, movie. Like, exactly. This is what I'm like, saying. Why like, am I you getting can't, You can't go into these like a lethal weapon movie and be like, hey, like what? But what the fuck are you really going to do once you like figure? It's like that's not really what it's about. And Drake might not know that answer anyway. That's not like what he's doing. Sure. And if you're playing the game from the perspective of Drake, which you are, then he's not going to have those answers. Like the wall is broken all the time because we see. You know, we we see Marlowe and Talbot, and, and and in other games we see uh, the villains doing their own thing or whatever, and we get like more perspective than he would even have generally. Right, right, so, right, right. I don't know. I ju- I just think that I, I the only thing that was weird was like it was taking like a supernatural twist, and they like yeah. like where like where Talbot could disappear and stuff yeah. like that, and like that kind of like I was really into that, and then they never explained. It's fun. That. I've, t- I've talked yeah. to Naughty Dog about that before, and for them they were like it was just sleight of hand tricks that we thought people would not understand, but, like, give us a little bit more slack for it, right? That just, like, okay, well, he's 
really but like yeah like they, since they never touched on it, you're like wait a second how did he run into a dead end and disappear like it doesn't make any sense <gasps> director's cut will show him like moving around the walls <laughs> putting on a stealth camo yeah, yeah exactly yeah. well and and that's again why i kind of respect uncharted 3 because they at least attempt to explain why you have like the ghost rider dudes at the end like right that yeah, yeah yeah right yeah there, yeah, you know, yeah they try I, to get I away respect. from them yeah all right that was fun yeah let's go for a little bit more light light fare Okay. Josh writes in. He says beyond. 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 Colin, mm. Dragon's Crown Week was fantastic. Thank you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. You're Let's welcome. say somebody missed Dragon's Crown Week. Uh-huh. What is Dragon's Crown? What was the week? Dragon's Crown is a Vanillaware game. Uh-huh. Uh, Vanillaware is the guys that did Odin Sphere and Muramasa. Uh, it's a beautifully yeah. hand-drawn, uh, side-scrolling, beat-em-up RPG I've had it for a really long time, so I'm glad that I'm like uh, it was really it really sucked because like we, we weren't able to even acknowledge that we had it for a long time. Um, but I've wanted to do a lot of coverage on it, so Atlas let us have it early, and um, we did a week's worth of videos for it, explaining the minutia of the game, mm-hmm. the, the, the the loot system, and the equipment system, and the monsters, and the town, and the locations. Uh, so you can find all that on IGN. Um, but uh, it's a really cool game. I'm really excited for people to, to get their hands on it. I think that oh, you're going to be really pleasantly surprised with it if 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 you uh, haven't if you haven't had it on your radar. Now, I really can't wait. I want them to be this badly. Is Josh's question? Oh, which should I get it for? PS3 or Vita? I don't know. Yeah, you do have to buy this them is... separately. So if you buy them together, you have to pay seventy dollars. Um, so it's much like the show, but even I think actually cheaper. But, and there is a cross save, right? There's cross save, but you can't. So you can cross save between the two, but you can't play like Vita people have to play with Vita people and PS3 people have to play with PS3 people. Right. Um, but you can bring your save between the two for sure. Um, I think it's really good on PS3. Like I know that people are going to want to play it on Vita. We've played it on Vita a very limited amount of time. At events, right? Yeah. Well, we played it like a long time ago on Vita when they brought it to the office, and that was base. And yeah, you can play it at E3 and stuff like that. But I think it's going to be fine. It's the same game on both yeah. of them. I would buy them both, but yeah. I'm not going to get. I can't really talk much more about the game. Okay. Yeah. Are we doing a Vita pack? I, I, yeah. that Colin, like he's had a package build for the PS3 debug, and I played around with it a bit. Me and Steimer played at the house uh, one day when he was, you know, gonna go stuff fries in his face, and so it, it's like I'm totally like everything I've ever played for preview. I'm totally sold, locked and loaded for Dragon's Crown. But it's a game I want on Vita. Yep. It's the perfect. I what I want on Vita is that pick up and play action RPG. Bam, 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 bam. Doing all this leveling stuff, and I want it to go on forever. And that's what this is. And I'm like, yep, that's what I want. And so I don't want to jump in and play it on PS3. I wanted you know to buy the Vita for, so I'm really looking forward to it myself. And Muramasa being released, that was awesome. Like that's an awesome game. So it's just gotten me more excited for this. Yeah, I think um, I think people have to realize that they're really lucky that this game came out at all, and that this the the story behind what happened to this game and like the complete crumbling of this game like mid development because of what happened with Ignition in Japan. I don't know if readers out there probably don't know the story, but. You know, UTV Ignition was like a, a publisher. I think they still exist as, in some form, but yep. they they funded this game and kind of overpromised on it um, in terms of how much it would cost and the development cycle and, wh- and whatnot. At one time, it was a total cross-buy game. It was supposed to be like really cheap, and um, the game crumbled. Uh, they like Vanilla apologized to fans and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. V- like Vanilla. Like the game looked like it was going to be canceled. Like it was a legitimate like way that that like and that would have sucked. And Atlas came in and said like we'll pick up the game and publish it. But you have to understand that this game is like much more expensive than people think it is, and we can't. It's like a retail game, and it yeah, is. Yeah. It's like a re- I've been playing the game for a long time. It's not over yet. You know, yeah. like it does take like you know they said it takes about twenty hours per character to beat. That seems like wow. it's pretty accurate. So and there's six characters and there's multiple difficulty settings. Plus you're playing it online and you're loot grinding and stuff. So yeah, and that blog post was really. It handled it very well. It explained, like, look, like, 
we're very excited about this game, but we're not going to take a gigantic loss to release it. Like, you have to understand the, the economics of, of mm-hmm. doing something like this, which I think is totally, totally fair. Yeah, so it's $40 on PS3 and $30 on Vita. Yep. Um, and, and, yeah, yeah. and, yeah, no cross-buy. But, yeah, I'm excited for people to get their hands on it. It'll be yeah. It's one of those games where we've had it for so long that, like, I just want it to come out already so that we can finally talk about it to other yeah. people. Yeah. So our review will be in a week or two, I think. Excellent. I can't wait for the Vita. Next question. Comes from Nye Sal. He says beyond. 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 First time emailer. On episode 238, you guys were speculating about the PlayStation 4 and mentioned that Sony failing to let go of the PSP was messing up the Vita sales and how Sony would be stupid to do the same thing with PS4 and PS3. It would appear our fears have come to fruition. When I heard about the new Ratchet game, I assumed it was a PS4 game. Old console is old, Sony let it go. The PS4 is looking great right now, but the bottom line question is, will the reluctance to abandon the PS3 screw the PS4? Nysel ends with, quote, I guarantee it. I mean, we were saying that like a year ago when the PSP was like years and years old. I think the the PS4 is not even out yet. I think a PS3 game coming out this fall is totally appropriate. Yeah, this needs to be the last hurrah, right? This needs to be the run-up that we have this Ratchet game, we have Beyond Two Souls, we have Grand Theft Auto V, and then it's like, bye, guys. Those were your God of War 2s. See you, now we're moving on to the next thing. Yeah, Yeah, I think the point that, I don't even know if I was on the episode, but I, I would imagine the point trying to make there was that, you know, the PS4 came out in 2004, that that was in 2012, you know, and like the the point is that you need to let go eventually, but like, at the same time, they should still continue to support PS3 for a reasonable amount of time sure. because not everyone is going to be able to afford or want to take a chance on buying a PS4 at launch this fall. You, so. I mean, you figure we're talk- we were probably talking about all the J- Japanese games. That was a big cry, yeah. right, that these games were coming out like Corpse Party 2 and it was still a PSP game when it should have just been a Vita game. And the yeah. same with like God Eater 2, right? These sh- why, are these not- why are you still putting them on a PSP when you know you could put them on Vita and hopefully move units that way? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough because... The publishers are, don't want to do that, right? You know? and they like, want to install base. Yeah, they want you yeah. to buy this and support it. And you don't, you can't blame them for that. It would just make sense for Sony to kind of cut it off at some point. I think I'm not sure we've even seen the last of like the PS3 first party games. Um, I think that there's still PS3 first party games that are coming out sure. um, next year, and that haven't been announced yet. And I, like I've said before, like I wouldn't be shocked if Uncharted 4 was a PS3 game. I don't think that's going to happen, but um, yeah, after Puppeteer comes out and Beyond and uh, you know, Gran Turismo is going to be huge. Um, those kinds of games. I think we'll see a couple more from the first party. You know, obviously Sony San Diego is going to continue to support PS3 for a long time with MLB. Right. Um, but they'll also be out the gate with PS4. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I think it's like a, a delicate dance. I think that they screwed the Vita. I, I don't think that the you're in the kind of the same boat really with the PS3. The PS3 is going to have an install base of like 80 million by the end of the exactly. year. Exactly. You know, I, like I you don't want, and that's a significant amount of people. I think so. next fall is when it would be time to like really, really, really have no PS3 games coming out anymore. But I think in the lead up until then, especially in the spring, I, I like, I think like you said, this should be the last big hurrah for first party games. Right. In the spring, if they released a few more, I don't think that's unreasonable at all. I think if anything, they shouldn't be abandoning the the 70 plus million people that that own this console right now. And so like, yeah, I, I think again, like maybe year and a half from now, yeah, the, the PS3 game should probably be pretty dry in order to support the PS4 fully, but until then, they're just helping out their, you know, loyal supporters. Yeah, it's all money. I mean, you have to yep. understand that, like, it's much more complicated than, than a lot of people think it is. I mean, even if you're not publishing games, like, Sony's not publishing games, they still have license fees on every one of these games, and in mm-hmm. fact, like, so Sony gets paid for every game that's sold on PS3, they get money, and so... If the install base of Game X, you know, would be three times bigger on PS3 in 2014 than it would be on PS4, like, it's not really, it doesn't really 
benefit them to release it on PS4, especially if that's not like a console driver. Like Killzone is a console driver. That's why it's coming out and infamous, you know. But Gran Turismo would have been a console driver and will be out on PS4 probably next year. But, you know, that game sold 10 million copies on PS3, and that's just fucking pure profit. Yep. So they, it's important they, it's to point out, too. I mean, like, you know, I know that they go back and forth on when this will happen or whatever, but Gaikai is going to support this kind of stuff down the line where you are going to have access to the library. So in a lot of ways, the PS4 is, I think, as we've seen in comments, if people stick to their word, a lot of people coming back to the PlayStation. So even if you're putting these games out on PS3, people have already committed to 360 they don't use their ps3 that way but they're gonna buy a ps4 so that doorway is open there's people who talk to us all the time right like i haven't played i don't have, own a ps3 should i buy a ps3 for last of us or can i wait and eventually get that on guy and you're like well eventually yeah that's going to happen but how long are you gonna have to wait we don't know we don't know what that's yeah. gonna be yeah, guy not gonna work right for a long time yeah so just yeah. just ready yourselves for that i mean i think steal yourself i think i think remote play via wi-fi with vita is gonna work out the gate which is gonna be fucking awesome yeah. um but in terms of like this dream of what Gaikai is going to become, I mean, we're years away from that. I would anyone who's holding out on the Last of Us being on the PS4, you're making a huge mistake because that's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, that that could be two years away if it even happens. Yeah, too many years away, I say. Oh, different uses of the uh, word too. George writes in and says, "Beyond, beyond." After experiencing Beyond 300, I really want a Vita. My question is, do you guys think I should wait until TGS for a possible price drop, or is that unlikely to happen? I think the price drop's going to happen at Gamescom. Jesus Christ. I there will. has to be one coming, right? Yeah. Like it's, I will no continue long... to beat the drum. I really think you were always going to see bundles. I do not think we were going to get a really hard price drop on the Vita. I do. I think I think that it's got to happen. In, bundles, I don't, happen at bundles don't look enticing, though. I because mean, right they now... they have done it with a game that is... You have to wait for the game that sells it. You there's it. a PlayStation Plus bundle right now. That's seven games. And, hey, look right. at your first but, PlayStation but 4. those games weren't system sellers before, and they're not now. Like, what I'm saying is, like, a Persona 4 bundle probably would have been really smart. Because that oh, was yeah. a game that was moving systems. Uncharted like, is a system seller. That's the best-selling I mean, media game. But there isn't an Uncharted like now. There's that PS Plus bundle, but I'm saying when that game comes out, if you if you have a huge, highly anticipated game, you're talking like a Liberation style exactly, bundle, exactly. Like Liberation. a Liberation or uh, Black Ops Declassified style bundle for a game people give a fuck about is what I'm saying. Yeah, and like I know Liberation sold well for the Vita, but but if Vita gets that really killer app and they bundle it with software and a memory or bundle it with hardware and a memory card for 250 bucks or whatever, I think that is a better proposition for Sony than. Saying de facto the Vita is you know or sorry across the across the board Vita is 170 bucks or whatever. Yeah, I I think that what they're gonna do is, uh, I think Gamescom is when they're gonna drop the price. I think they're gonna have an official price drop for the system, and I think what they're gonna do is say you know we it's all about the Vita, right? Gamescom is supposed to be all about Vita, and so I think they're gonna reveal that you know there's an infamous game for Vita and a God of War game and a new Uncharted and Damn. and and that like that you know I really think that they're gonna like I like when they say it's about Vita, I really think that they like yeah we have games like we have a lot of games and um, we know about all the hundred indie games whatever but like I really think they're gonna be like we have a God of War game and we yeah. have an infamous game I really I they really have feel, to have an infamous I really game. feel my gut <laughs> that there is going to be an infamous game on, on yeah. Vita and they, so they which would be fucking awesome yeah. so. Totally. Um, but at the same and so time, I think if they do that and they're like, hey, the Vita's two hundred dollars now. And And you have to buy a thirty two gig memory card for fifty bucks. Like, yeah, but what, that's not that's like that's too high concept because like I understand what you're saying, but this is not what resonates with normal people. Like it doesn't it's it's saying like, yeah, they understand they have to go buy a memory card and that sucks and that's gonna hit take a hit, but you can't be like, We bundle it together and you're gonna kinda understand when you're in Target or Walmart and then right, everything's together. Right. It's like, no, like the price, here's the price, and like let's just drop the price of all the memory cards. Or just include a memory card. I mean, you know? they did the same thing with PSP. You could buy just the basic, you know, piano black PSP with nothing, or you could buy all these bundles. And I just feel like 
selling this system to people who aren't interested in it anyway without the things they need to play it isn't super helpful whether the price is lower or not. You have to make the system enticing because their problem isn't people saying the Vita is too expensive. I mean, that maybe is part of it, but the problem is this perception that there are no games for it. And if you bundle it with a game, I still feel like that's their best chance. Maybe. I I mean, I understand what you're saying. I mean, that is Wii's, Wii U's problem right now yeah. is that there really, really are no games. I saw, by the way, I saw something. This is fucking crazy. I don't know if you guys saw, you, you might have saw this or whatever. Um, I was just browsing. I, I, I follow the NeoGAF like new thread thing or whatever right, yeah. on Twitter, and there's some interesting things pop up. I'm not really part of that community, but I like to go read sometimes on there. Sure. I'm, and, a, I'm a NeoGAF lurker too. You're a lurker, and yeah, lurker. And uh, they had a whole thread about how in the UK, did you see? Did you see these sales numbers? In the UK, The Last of Us sold more copies in three weeks than all of the Wii U games in the entire first six months. Of of the of the of like that that calendar year or whatever, wow. um, that really is like an issue. In fact, Vita sold more games at retail than Wii U did um, in the UK or whatever. So that is a I think that is a problem of like there are literally no games that anyone wants, and that's yes. a huge problem. But I think with Vita, that is just a perception issue. That's not the truth, you know. Like I'm really actually kind of sick of this argument. The Vita has a fucking ass load of games now, really good games from. $5 games to $40 You, games. you know I love my Vita, and I agree with that. But I totally don't think that message is out there whatsoever. And I think the way you make it exciting is by saying, we have a fucking awesome game. We have this great game that you should be excited about. Get people jazzed for whatever it is. Maybe it is Infamous. Maybe it is God of War. And bundle it with the Vita. Because I, I still don't think people are going to buy that system separately for that one game until it's a awesome value for them to do so. And buying the system separately, plus a memory card, plus the $50 game is still a barrier to entry. Yeah, I just think people want it handed to them in a silver platter. People don't want to have to read about, like, I bought a four gig memory card and now I can only download one game because Uncharted itself is three gigs, and like, it, it just it makes it very complicated for people when you don't just hand them all at once. Right. Yeah, the Vita is a, the Vita is a seventeen years of mistakes in one device. So there's <laughs> there's, so there's, there's going to be some issues with it. I still think the Vita lives again. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I don't know if it ever one. leaves. I don't think it ever leaves the niche. I don't think it ever yeah. sells PSP numbers by any stretch of the imagination. But I think. That it's going to live again, you know, and I really I think it keeps living how it is. It has a good life now. It's just that most people don't accept that. Most people don't care about it. Like a lot of people have it, and then they get a game and they play it and they like the game and then they forget about it. And that's the thing: the people who have a Vita and spend time with it. I remember Altano totally wasn't interested for so long, and then when he finally got his hands on a Vita, he fucking loves it, and he talks about it all the time. Like people who have that experience are into it. I just don't know how Sony messages that to people better than they have yeah so well because it's really just for the playstation core i mean like and and that that group is big and there are a lot of playstation core gamers who listen to this podcast that don't buy a vita um the crazy thing about it is that the attach rate is like 12 games per vita yeah now like that's fucking ridiculous like i don't yeah. know if, if people understand how ridiculous that is the attach rate on ps3 right now is like probably one in like four games per ps3 or something like that like the the I think that's why Sony's not super worried about it is because obviously the PS4 is going to help the Vita out a lot, but also because they're making a ton of money on it. Like, not on the hardware, but on the sales of the software. Because if the average is 12 games, that means there are people out there with 24 games, 30 games. And there are people out there obviously with three or four or five or six games. But they're like hardcore users. I have a fucking shit ton of games on Vita, you know? I I love that thing. So um, we'll see what happens. I still think it lives again. I think it's going to be bundled to PS4 officially. And... uh, and we'll, we'll see what happens with it. But I think Gamescom is when they're going to cut the price. And I think that it's at Gamescom where they're going to announce a bunch of games bunch for of games. it. Yeah, I, I really hope you're right about a ton They'll announce of games, games at TGS too. But yeah. no, no no games that will come here. You know? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Final Fantasy X HD does really well if, if, if they do something with Final Fantasy VII or something like that. Like with, with a remake and mm. Vita PS3 kind of thing. If they're smart, yeah. We'll see. Speaking of that Vita, mm-hmm. Ben Blythe writes in. He's the guy who wore the Packers shirt. 
Oh yeah, yeah. To podcast me on three hundred. He got, got a PS three. He got a Vita. He's the one who got. He uh-huh, walked away with the Vita. Vita. Uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate the Beyond Crew and Shoe hooking me up with the Vita. Right now, I'm all over Persona. I am definitely digging the Vita. The screen is crisper and brighter. The touchscreen seems more responsive. In the end, though, I ended up buying that 3DS because a friend I wanted to game with had recommended it. Anyways, writing in to ask, can I be hit of the week? Of course you can, Ben. He says his name is Ben Blythe. He puts a space there, so just Ben Blythe, B L Y T H E. Can there be spaces? On? I don't think so. So I'm assuming it's all shoved together as one word. Yeah. Maybe his phone Maybe just autocorrected. Yeah. Nah, just we're gonna shove them together. Okay. And if that's not Ben Blythe, then put a says, dash in there. Put an underscore in there. Yeah. Everybody, every version of three N B L Y T H three. Ben Blythe's hit of the week. Find him. <laughs> or any other version of Ben Blythe. Let's close with some quick fire questions from Patrick, who says, "Beyond, beyond, beyond. Colin, mm. how are the trophies? How are the trophies in Tales of Exilia? I Can one playthrough? Okay, forget. It. Sorry, no, uh, one you will not be able to do in one playthrough. That's easy. Greg, which Comic Con panel are you most excited about hosting? Uh, Matt and Trey are on the South Park panel with me, Ooh. but Robert Kirkman's on the Walking Dead panel, and that's kind of like a. I'm such a huge Walking Dead fan. Did you do the Matt and Trey live show thing in D3? I did not. No, somebody okay. else did. I was unavailable. I'm excited to see to see to to speak a sentence. I'm excited she to is. see you interact with those. It'll be fun with those. Golfarp. Today, Junior. Golfarp. How was your date over the Beyond 300 weekend? Oh, it was good. It was really good. Her name's Amanda, and she lives in Syracuse. I don't know. We'll we'll keep talking. She lives in Syracuse. Yeah. Syracuse, San Francisco. <laughs> no, Syracuse, New York. So, who knows? But yeah, she was really cool. Um, I, I mean, we'll keep in touch. We'll see. Don't, don't you smile. Don't you give me that smile. What? We're not allowed to be happy for you? You're allowed to be happy, I guess. I, I, mean, I remember like, what happened last time I got you a date. I, <laughs> look, I, I did not, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, we didn't, I didn't like, propose. It's, uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch and we'll see you what happens. You didn't propose? Goes. That was a mistake. I proposed and she said no and I've been crying all week. <laughs> yeah. no, um, no, she was cool. Oh, good. I'm glad it worked out for you. She has a Bioshock tattoo. And it was funny because I was like, I was like, I really like your Bioshock tattoo. And she was like, oh, yeah, I don't really like it. I'm going to cover it up. And I was like, oh. And she was like, with a Bioshock Infinite tattoo. And I was like, yay. It was like the pizza. <laughs> the, the credits are rolled on the freeze frame of you guys celebrating. <laughs> I like where this is going, Colin. Me too. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Podcast Beyond, episode 301. Thank you so much for joining us. Only 99 weeks to plan your trip to San Francisco to be part of Podcast Beyond, episode 400. By the way, real quick, I was I was getting excited because in 10 episodes we'll have episode 311, and I'm just going to constantly play 311 music over, <laughs> Spotify, over Spotify. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about it. That's, that's not good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, be part of the show beyond at IGN.com whenever you want to. Thank you for listening and downloading. Make sure you rate us on iTunes, but make sure you also... Go over to that IGN.com, watch some videos, read some articles. That's what keeps the mics on, even though they are barely ever on when we come in here to record even the Even though nothing ever works. <laughs> After you do that, make sure you follow us all on Twitter. IGN is IGN. I'm Game Over Greggy. Colin is No Taxation. Andrew Goldfarb is Garfep. And yes, yeah. I had to write that down to make sure I didn't screw that up. Panda Musk is Panda Musk. That's an easy one. Make sure you watch his music video. Listen to Danny's song. Buy it on iTunes. Danny Wiesner. <laughs> is, is that going to be our song? Nope. It was the song of 300. Come on now. Can we, can we, can we move on now? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we end every episode of Podcast Beyond with a song in a segment called Ryan's Wrap-Up. If you have a song that you do or you love, make sure you do it. I don't want to get sued for copyright stuff. Send it to beyond at IGN.com. Attach it. A lot of you are being stupid lately, and it's really driving me crazy. Here's a YouTube link of our video. Nope, that doesn't help me do anything. Here's the video, and I'm, I, don't, I didn't put our band name in it. It's like, okay. 
This one, though, comes from the cream pies. The cream pies said, I send this in in hopes you will play it. I love coconut cream pie, so you're in. This song, Trigger Finger, is about a special indie game known as Chrono Trigger. Ooh. It can be we can the cream prize we can, we're the cream pies we can be found on a site far less popular than IGN known as Facebook at facebook.com/thecreampies. Thanks and beyond. 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 Cream pie. Cream pies.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.